Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 89, where we're discussing Le Fleur from season 5 of Lost. Hello, Richard. Sorry, do we know each other? I'm the guy who killed your men. Heard some gunshots. Saw two men throwing a bag over a woman's head. Gave him a chance to throw the weapons down and walk away. One of them took a shot at me, and I defended myself. That's so? That's so. Your people know that you're telling me this? Ain't my people, boss. So if you got some kind of a truce with them, it ain't been broken. If you're not a member of the Dharma Initiative, then what are you? Did you bury the bomb? Excuse me? The hydrogen bomb with Jughead written on the side. Did you bury it? Yeah, I know about it. I also know 20 years ago, some bald fella limped into your camp and fed you some mumbo-jumbo about being your leader. And then poof, he went and disappeared right in front of you. He was ringing a bell. That man's name is John Locke. I'm waiting for him to come back. So, you still think I'm a member of the damn Dharma Initiative? No. Guess I don't. But no matter who you are, two of my men are dead. And my people need some kind of justice. What are we going to do about that? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing Le Fleur from season five of Lost. And what did you think of the episode overall? I liked the episode. I know I say that in all of them, and people are going to be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. But the thing is, it's like, I like every episode just because I, I love Lost, and I just love... I, I I was talking to my buddy the other day about this, um, and there's two ways of watching this show. There's one in the way that we do it in a sense that we just kind of dissect everything we possibly can from it. Mm-hmm. And we try to we try to find, like, the practical stuff and, you know, the non-practical stuff and where the continuity is and, you know, those types of things. Right. And you try to figure out these theories. And then there's another way of just watching it and trying to be entertained. Yeah. You know, and those are two totally different, pers- you know, perspectives to watch something from. And I kind of try to go back and forth as I'm watching these episodes because I don't want to be ruined to this, just the pure entertainment of this awesome, amazing show. Yeah. You know, but at the same time is I love the ability to go deep into it and find all this meat that normally, normally people wouldn't discover had they not been looking for it. Um, right. So um, the episode to me was had a lot of that you know, meat that I'm talking about, but also it was very entertaining. So to me, I really like this episode. Long answer to a short question, but yeah. there it is. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think early on I decided, like, for whatever reason, that I, like, watching this show required more than just watching it in terms of entertainment. And mm-hmm. I guess it was because they kind of offered this challenge of all these mysteries and clues and that right. just kind of that appeals to my personality greatly. I just love the idea of this challenge and okay, we're going to drop clues and you mm-hmm. see if you can figure it out. That's what made me yeah. love the show so much really. Right. But I totally get what you're saying. There are so many people who just watch this show because they like Sawyer's one-liners, you know. <laughs> and they yeah. you know they they really could care less about the mystery. They may just like the characters um but they have mm-hmm. all these different reasons. So that that's a great point. Great point. So the first section I have is on the island. Uh, we pick up where we left off, and this place is death, with Sawyer holding the rope coming out of the ground. Right. Um, Miles realizes that they must be way back in time and points out a huge statue, you know, the statue of four toad fame. And first off, what did you think of that? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it was like uh, you finally got to see what this thing, you know, yeah. or the backside of it looks like. 
Um, mm-hmm. But then the second part of it is the dang thing flashes again, so we don't see anything anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was so like, oh my gosh, we're going to finally see what this, like, this, wherever this stuff probably even originated from. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the people that were, you know, that probably started the smoke monster and all this cool stuff, you know, and, and then it just phew, gone. You know, I was like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Spent a little time there, you know, wandered around. Uh, right. but, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see this thing in full, like, you know, full structure, you know, and huge, massive looking ancient statue. Right. And this, this, um, that reveal, that statue changed a lot of my theories at this time because Did it? all of a sudden, yeah, there was this whole kind of ancient Egyptian kind of, mm-hmm. you know, wrench thrown into all of my ideas that I hadn't accounted yep. for before. You know, it's like none of my ideas or theories involved this, you know, ancient civilization that would have a statue built on this island. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I, I've always kind of kept it in the back, kind of on the back burner in my mm-hmm. mind because, you know, I've, I've kind of made reference to like the Mayan ruins and, and I even right. said something about the Egyptian, you know, t- like, uh, um, like the, um, the way they would, the writing and stuff like that was, and, and, you know, it looked kind of like hieroglyphic type stuff, you know, and, um, just, but at the same time is I haven't really thought about how it plays into it other than I kind of thought that this is how it originated, you know, how maybe the first group that discovered the, the, the power there. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I have my own ideas, but I think it'll probably make the most sense for us to um, save any speculation till the the end of the season. And, um, you know, once we both got all the same information and we can Mm -hmm. just let the theories fly with no worries or spoilers or any of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we see that once Locke, you know, got the wheel straightened out, they again flashed in time and ended up further into the future. And um, and the well is back, but now it's filled in. Um, so it's kind mm-hmm. of like at some point the Dharma Initiative or somebody decided to fill in that well. Yeah. And they realize that all their headaches are gone and so are the nosebleeds. And so Locke fixed the problem, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, Sawyer says now they'll wait for him to come back as long as it takes. Yeah. You know what? It was really cool to see. Like for one, it was kind of, it was comical to see, Sawyer jump into the well and it only be, you know, three foot deep. Yeah. But at the same time as it just revealed how far Sawyer's came, came in his care, yeah, this character's definitely. come, yep. you know, and then the, the, the idea that he will wait for as long as it takes yeah. until Locke returns. It's like, wow. I mean, yeah. so much transformation and who, you know, who he is. And I, I've always liked the character of, of Sawyer, right. but it's just really, really now you're starting to go, wow he has really become, it came like, you know, 180 degrees from what he was before. Right. And I, I was actually thinking about that watching this and I was trying to figure out exactly what had really caused the change. And mm-hmm. to me, it all went back to the period, the time period when they were flashing and, you know, they saw right. the beam of light coming out of the sky and he saw Kate and it's yeah. kind of like, and I, I kind of inferred throughout the course of this episode that he realized that he had made a mistake by not being yeah. more proactive with that relationship. And yep. that's what made him get to bi- get down to business and start trying to, you know, man up and take some responsibility. Yep. And yep. he but didn't want to exactly make the same right. mistake again. Right. And I think it really, in this, I guess this point shows that he is totally on board from what Locke is saying now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like before you've kind of fought him, kind of didn't know, even though he chose to stay with Locke, it was just kind of still this uneasiness, but like at this point, he's convinced Locke is, you know, the best information and the best source that they have, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, I love the change in his character. Um, oh, yeah. It's so much more interesting. I mean, I like how he kind of draws in his con man skills later, but mm-hmm. I like that he's now much more balanced. It isn't oh, all yeah, about definitely. Sawyer doing what's best for Sawyer. Uh, he has some concern for other people now. Right. So they uh, they come across Daniel, who's sitting where Charlotte's body was, but now it's gone. So that addressed the comment we made back yeah. in, uh, you know, this place is death. 
Uh, so she did actually disappear when they flashed. Mm-hmm. And he says... She's, well, she's, I guess okay. maybe she stayed. Oh, yeah. She stayed where she was and he moved. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he's not going to do it. He's not going to tell her. And Daniel says it's over. And whenever they are now, we're here for good. And Sawyer mm-hmm. wants them all to head back to the beach and first, Juliet agrees, but on the way back, Juliet says it's a bad idea to go back to the beach, and she hopes he comes up with something better before they get there. And just then, almost as if on cue, um, they hear some gunshots and a woman kind of screaming and crying. And they investigate and find Amy, that we see later in the episode, um, crying over a man that she was with who had just been shot by two guys that then put a bag over her head. And Dan mm-hmm. says, whatever happened, happened, so it doesn't matter if they get involved or not. And Sawyer decides to get involved anyway, and Juliet and he both shoot the two guys that were going to take her and rescue her. And, um, you know, who are you, she asks, and Juliet sees the dead guy's Dharma jumpsuit and says that that puts them sometime in the 70s or 80s. And Amy says mm-hmm. they have to bury the two dead guys because of the truce, and they have to take Paul, her husband, back with them to the camp. Any thoughts on that whole, that whole scene? Oh man. You know, the one, as soon as he, she said the truth, uh, I, I, I immediately thought of the, the one between Jack and the others, you know, it's oh, like, yeah, right. You know, it, it took me back there. Like you, you do your thing, we'll do our thing and we'll live just perfectly, you know, together, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you cross that and there's a whole different thing. So I immediately thought about that, you know, so I kind of established, you know, obviously there's this, the others versus the, these people and they've came to some agreement, right? but the, obviously this voids that agreement. But, um, it was definitely, it was interesting to see, um, just the kind of the beginnings, I guess, of that. Yeah. That whole concept. And I guess to me, it seemed a little different. Um, maybe it's just because the people involved are different, I guess, but right. I see what you mean. Um, let's see here. Sawyer plans to tell them all that they were from a boat wreck. Uh, they arrive at the perimeter, you know, the sonic fence. And I like how Juliet kind of pretends like she doesn't know quite what it is, but she might have some idea. Yeah. And, uh, they kind of try to talk her into turning it off or, you know, so they think, and they walk through it and they're all brought to the ground. Um, so they obviously they had to kind of subdue, all of them and make sure they weren't hostiles that were mm-hmm. you know, trying to pull one over on them or something. Definitely. And uh, Sawyer wakes up and Horace is standing over him. Um, Horace says that they have a certain protocol and that there are hostile indigenous people on the island and they don't get along with him. And Sawyer says his name is James Lafleur. And Sawyer carries through his plans to say that their boat crashed on the island. He says they were on a search vessel looking for the Black Rock. And uh, Horace says he's never heard of it. And he says uh, there's a sub leaving the island in the morning, and it's going to take, you know, he and all of his friends to Tahiti. And he says the only people that are allowed at the compound are the Dharma Initiative, and they're not Dharma Initiative material, whatever that means. <laughs> hmm Any thoughts on yeah, that, that scene? I mean, nothing, I mean on, to me, it kind of is straightforward. You know, all that just yeah. seems straightforward. There's not really much for me to draw off of it. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that, you know, this this is a well-oiled machine at this point with the Dharma Initiative. They have people coming and going, and and uh, it seems like the rotations of people coming and going um, are frequent. So that, obviously, we see, we learn that. It's like, you know, she, you know just that, that there's there's these, or the submarine comes and goes at this point. Um, quite a bit, you know, and that to me seems different than how we saw it in the future. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, um, see, I lost my spot here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're outside talking, and Juliet says that she wasn't in the Dharma Initiative, uh, that the others took over the barracks after they purged the Dharma Initiative. And Daniel Mm -hmm. says there will be no more flashes the record is spinning again and they're just not on the song they want to be on. And I thought that was a great way to illustrate exactly the state of things. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And it's setting up, I mean, obviously what we thought, what I had thought, I guess about the whole thing with Charlotte and Dan, 
you know, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's obvious now. Yeah. And I don't know how in the world you called that, that they were going to be stuck in the seventies, um, for a while and kind of live there <laughs> while, you know, and then Jack and Kate <laughs> and all of them would arrive and they will have been there all this time. Cause that was I definitely just, not on my list of possibilities. Um, by this well, time. I, uh, yeah, I think, I think just seeing the little hint they give me with Dan being there in that uh-huh. one flash. Right. And then as things were flashing, I it just, I mean, to me, it just was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, it was kind of like those, those moments, aha moments for me. So, uh-huh. but that was, that was cool to, it was kind of, now it's cool to see how it all came to pass because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't quite get it. Um, if, you know, cause the whole lock, when he fixed it, if it made everything current back right. to where it was, I didn't understand it. But whenever, you know, they woke up and then I, I kind of had this theory that they would wake up in, you know, the seventies, you know, so, so it's kind of cool to see that kind of pass. Yeah, that's very cool. And now see, I guess what threw me off is whenever I saw, you know, Daniel in the, in the orchid station back whenever, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, Pierre Chang, I took that to mean that he knew how to travel through time and control it, you know, that he could, he was from the modern day, but he was able to jump back and forth for whatever reason. And I didn't want to take it that he was stuck back there, but more that he was able to travel back there. Right. Well, when I first saw it, that's, that was my initial thought because we hadn't Mm -hmm. had any indication of anything else. Right. But you know, as, as it's, as the show progressed and showed us that this was happening, these flashes and these other things, and they were doing that, it just, I mean, obviously it made sense that, that would, that they would end up there. Yeah. I think basically it boils down to you're better at taking new information and new clues and kind of reformulating your theories based on that information where I have, a, I have a hard time kind of storing all of that information and then, you know, kind of using it to update my theories as we learn new things. So I think, <laughs> I think you do it. I think you I do it. I don't know. You think you do a uh, really good job of it. I mean, but I get lucky every once in a while, you know, when you swing for the fences, <laughs> sometimes you're going to connect. <laughs> You've gotten lucky way too many times. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's good. Good to know. I'm 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 actually having the pleasure of watching. I I got my mom and dad hooked, and I got oh, my brother really? and my sister in law hooked. That's so awesome. they're going they're going through it now, and I'm I'm having the pleasure of watching them experience it like I experienced it, uh-huh. and their theories and stuff coming out, and it's 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 very comical, but also really cool to watch. Now you let know, me ask, where that. are they at right now with the series? They they are in season two. Really? Which episode do you know about? They just got done. I uh, earlier tonight they were watching the <laughs> the dreadful Charlie one where you know the oh the uh, ma- fire yeah, and water the, or whatever it is with the butcher. Yeah, yeah. They watched that one, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, you kind of cringe when you know people are going through that because you're kind of like, don't think that the rest of the series is going to be like this, you know. Yeah. But I didn't say anything. I just let them get through it, and I yeah. think they may have watched one or two after that because they they're like they're so hooked that like they they rent the DVDs or but you know whatever they got to do, yeah. and then they watch them for like five straight, you know. That's so cool, man. That's awesome to yeah. hear. Like, because that's why I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show was because I wanted to go through the experience with you, you know, cause I knew you hadn't seen the show. You were kind of skeptical mm-hmm. as to whether or not you would even like yeah, it. And that made definitely. me want you to see it even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, and my dad, it's really cool. I mean, we're getting off subject here, but I guess, but That's it's, fine. it was really cool because my dad was like, you know, I've tried to watch that piece of junk show a couple of times and <laughs> just didn't even like it. My brother, my brother said the same thing. I've tried to watch it, but I just don't like it. And I go, you know what? I can I promise you guys just start it and watch a few of the episodes in conjunction with one another uh-huh. you will be hooked and they were like well whatever we'll try it and then they're like yeah. they both like called me or texted me and were like I'm hooked that was their simple like their conversation or text was just wow. I'm hooked you know that's so cool so so we'll, yeah we'll have to, we might have to get them on there to do a quick segment to to give us an update on where they're at and what they think so far and oh they would love theories it. that would be really sweet. oh they, they would love it so <laughs> cool we'll have to do that yeah i think that'd be actually hilarious because where they're at right now like they just found out that there's not a dinosaur on the island you know yeah you know so dad dad was convinced he's like i know i know what it is it's a dinosaur you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know i was cracking up yeah you know doesn't it seem so. so silly when you look back now that we even try to come up with theories, like seeing oh, as how yeah. much things have really changed? It's like, 
I mean, until you know about the whole time travel bit, you can't even begin to guess what's going on in the show. Oh, I know. I know. And, and just looking at, I was watching them watch it earlier tonight, and I kind of watched some of it, and and I was just, it was the scene, there was a scene when, whenever Kate first kissed Jack. Yeah. You know, and I was just right. like, oh my gosh, this show has progressed so far, and it's yeah. so amazing still, and it was so amazing back then, you know. Yeah. So... Now, just to yeah. keep things really exciting for you, I will tell you that um, on one of the recent uh, official Lost podcast episodes, they did say, um, I guess they had a com- a question about, you know, when will we actually have enough information to where someone could reasonably figure out what the end of the show is? And they mm-hmm. said, they said, by the end of this season, we will be close to having enough information, but not quite. So wow. it's it's like really, I mean, until next season, we won't even have all the information we need to guess. <laughs> wow, <laughs> which I found that's that pretty to be really exciting, actually. Yeah, for sure. I kind of don't, you know, like, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are like, okay, all right, let's get there. But to me, it's like the slower the better. You know, yeah. the fact that we have one season left makes me want to just like, like. I don't know, freak out or something, you know, yeah. and I don't want to know the answer. You know, this is right. the only show that I've ever watched that I've almost been like, I don't want to know, you know, right. I just want to comp- continue being in the dark for the rest of my life, watching lost episodes. Yeah. And then, when, you know, the day I die, <laughs> right. I'll have a conversation with the writers and they'll say, Oh, this is what happens. I go, Oh, okay. And I can die peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait and not know the ending until you're on your deathbed. <laughs> well, I just want episodes to continue. I mean, like yeah. lost season 700, you know, that's fine by me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it is really, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I just never get tired of, of, of lamenting about the whole idea of this show being over with. I know. And, uh, and it really is hard to imagine because I don't really get into any other TV shows. And it was the same thing with alias. Like, I didn't start watching Alias until it was done. And it's mm-hmm. like I was, I regretted, like it was almost a feeling of sadness that I had missed the whole experience of watching it, mm-hmm. like as yeah. it was on. And I, yeah. and like everybody else was already past it. I mean, they didn't care about Alias. <laughs> and like I was having this profound life experience, you know, watching oh, well, the show yeah. and like loving the characters. And it's like, I won't have anything like that once Lost is over. I'll have to just watch the reruns over and over yeah. again. Yeah. I'm just going to try to track down Matthew Fox and see if he'll be my friend. <laughs> see if he'll play Jack in your life. Yeah. Just, just like, could just you please just call me every once in a while and be like, hey, Anton, this is Jack. Uh, just yeah. want to say we're cool on the island and uh, we miss you. You know, yeah. just something like that. <laughs> we just wish you could find a way to come and see us. Why don't you go see Eloise Hawking and, and see if you can't Exactly. If you can track her down, we're waiting on you, you know, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll wait here until you get here, buddy. See you later. Uh, Kate says hi. You know, something like that. That would be so cool if they ended the show in such a way to where you actually felt like those people continued to be on that island forever. I hope they do. If they could do something where it wasn't resolved, it was just like in the back of your mind, you felt like it was still going on and on. I think these are the best shows. I mean, we are way, I mean, we have taken a detour on this show tonight, but. That's all right. um, (laughs) Yeah, it's fine, but. It, I've watched movies um, before that never had sequels or anything like that that just end it with you believing that it's continuing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or shows like that. You know, it's just like you just con- you write the rest of the script and what's going on in your own mind. And I think mm-hmm. that this that's the way this has to end to be just justified. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just end and everybody's like, you know, in their own condo. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, there just, thinking just, about the island. Yeah, that I mean, just I mean, to me, the best scene for this thing would be, would be for them all to be like standing on the beach, and a big flash, and then it just the island disappear. Yeah, you know, and all of them just gone. Or that, or you them all, them all being my ideal ending would be somehow for them to, like, end up where they're all back on the beach, just like they were in season one. Mm-hmm. And they're perfectly happy for that to be their existence. Exactly. They live the rest of their lives on that beach together. Yep. That would be perfect. Perfect. Oh, that yep. would be awesome. <laughs> anyway, I'll get us back on track here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so then Daniel notices a little red-haired girl, um, you know, and he notices she's Charlotte. And mm-hmm. uh, Sawyer shows up and tells them the situation that they're going to be leaving on the sub and all that stuff. And just then an alarm starts going off and one of the hostiles has breached the perimeter and it's Richard. 
He walks into yeah. their camp where he meets Horus. And they have a conversation, and we find out a couple of things here. Um, apparently, the sonic fence, for whatever reason, doesn't keep out the others. Any ideas yeah. on that? Um, I'd have to go with the fact that they're not like... Like, I don't know that Richard Alpert is a physical being. Yeah. You know, like, I... I don't. I'm just not convinced that he is a like a human, and you know, in the sense that we are like flesh and blood, have the same ability. You know, like pains and aches and things like that, and what the whole aging thing, like. Yeah. So I I feel like in order for something to be affected by that, it have to have human human or animal like. Yeah, like normal biology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't b- believe that he does. But also, which also to me kind of explains the no footprint thing. You know, mm, it's kind of yeah. like they, like maybe they don't even have like I mean, they have the ability not to like imprint wow. something because they're you know that's, that's so. a really th- old throwback. There was a comment yeah. when when was that like episode or season two about mm-hmm. you know they they don't leave footprints kind of thing. Right. Yeah, we can't track them because they don't leave footprints and things gotcha. like that. Yeah, I forgot. You know, so that. it makes me think that they don't have that well just density to put in footprints. You know, so. Right. Um, so anyways, that's my theory. Okay. And, uh, let's see here. He says the only thing that does keep them out of their camp is their truce, which they've now broken because of the two men Sawyer and Juliet killed. And, uh, Horace comes in and asks Sawyer how well he buried the bodies. And, uh, Sawyer decides he's going to talk to Richard himself. Uh, he says he's the guy who killed his men. He says he's not one of the Dharma initiative and, Ask Richard if they buried the Jughead bomb. He's basically trying to prove that he's not the mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill Dharma, Dharma guy. And he also tells him that he knows about Locke showing up and disappearing right in front of him. He says that he's waiting for John Locke to return. He says, no matter who you are, two of my people are dead, and my people need some sort of justice. So, in a lot of ways, Sawyer by, you know, saying to Richard Alpert, you know, okay, we're people basically saying that we've been traveling through time and, you know, we're waiting for John Locke. He's almost turning Locke into this kind of mythical, mythical leader. Oh yeah. Reinforcing it. Yeah, definitely. In Richard's mind, he's turning Locke into this huge, you know, mythical person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like all the like the specialness of Locke to us doesn't seem so special now. Yeah. You know, which I mean, I guess into Locke probably he doesn't feel so special, you know, after yeah. he kind of puts it all together and that probably has to do with the last episode, him sitting there going to kill himself. He's going, you know, I'm not really that special. The only thing I did was, you know, kind of create me on my own destiny by an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, yeah, but it, it, I still believe that he is special, but it, it's really cool to see that how it affected the past yeah, with no. just this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying that it's, I mean, that's it. Just, just with this Sawyer coming out and speaking about this, he had power in something that literally was powerless. Yeah. And if we go back and, and put this all in perspective here. So Richard meets Locke in the fifties. Locke tells him. Okay, you come, I'm going to be born in two years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. You come and see me then. So Richard shows mm-hmm. up at his birth. He later shows up when Locke's a little kid. So he's kind of following this guy through his life. Yep. And he later shows up when Locke's a teenager. So it's probably, what, um, late 60s, mid-late 60s right. when he v- visited right. him the last time. Mm-hmm. And now it's the 70s, and Sawyer shows, or is talking to him and says, okay, you know this guy John Locke? And, of course, Richard does because he's been following him his whole life. And and now, between now and the time they crash on that island, you know, Richard's waiting to see what else he's going to learn about this John Locke character. Yeah. And then all of a sudden What's, he shows up on this plane that crashes on the island. Right. What's interesting to me also is, which, which what you just said was just, it's just crazy because the plane crash was actually the first event that happened. Right. Everything yeah. else happened <laughs> afterwards. Right. But yet if which but changed everything. You know, mm-hmm. the, the thing it, it just it just blows my mind to think that way. And but I wondered if Richard has the ability cuz we've seen him off the island multiple times. Right. 
could he not know what John is up to right now in 1970-whatever for? He could, yeah. I mean, it's very likely that he does, actually. Yeah. You know, it's not, just kind of interesting, too. After he met yeah. with Sawyer, he'd go say, well, I wonder what Locke's up to these days. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just interesting because I mean, only Richard Alper knows that John's not going to be there until he's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like... It's it's almost as if Richard would like to bring him there before, but he realizes that he has to come there on his own, yeah, and that it won't be until he's older. You know, I mean, right. that, it makes sense that with that now. I mean, but even the whole like Richard going to see him as a kid, wanting to get him then, yeah, but, but realizes he he's not ready. It wasn't time yet, right? Right. Yeah, but what's so cool is that you know, I think us discovering. You know, trying to kind of getting our whole time travel, you know, lost time travel 101 understood last episode mm-hmm. um, made a big difference for me because yeah, um, when you realize that Locke talking to Richard in the 50s did planted this seed of Locke in his mind from that point on. Yeah. And from, from then on, from that moment, Richard always knew who Locke was. Yep. He was this mysterious guy that came back in time and visited him. And it's kind of like, that's why he was checking up on him. And now he's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen, you know, with Locke. Yeah. And that's why he kind of um, holds Locke in the high esteem that he does once they actually got connected up, you know, back last yeah. season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking back about the scenes, but Locke never told Richard hey, in the future, um, Ethan's going to shoot me, and I'm going to be by the plane. Right. You know, come find me. Right. So I'm still kind of curious how that happened. Right, how he knew Locke was there and showed up just at the right time and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. So just uh, just thinking through that whole, like, sequence there, and I remember (laughs) that. Yeah. But, But, like... In a sense, I kind of hate the fact that it almost seems like Locke isn't special, mm-hmm. because it may. I want Locke to be special. You know what I'm right. saying? I I don't want it just to be something that he caused by a freak accident. Yeah. You well, know, I don't, but I don't know that I think that Locke isn't special. I think that he right. He ne- didn't necessarily have to leave the island in order to save everybody on the island, but otherwise, he's still the same Locke that he was for me. Yeah, no, what I'm saying, I guess, is like, you know, he created his own destiny by going, I mean, by this accident, by going yeah. back, back to the, you know, the future, or back to the past. Back, and, back to the past. Yeah, yeah, back to the past, and and then going to the future, then going, you know, he did all this stuff yeah. that basically made him the mythical person that he is, exactly. and the leader yeah. that he is, only because of an accident, you know? Yeah. Um, even him being on that island was an accident or was it, you know, I mean, I don't, I, at this point I don't know, but like, it's like, I want Locke to be actually called to that island yeah. and to actually right. have abilities that others don't. Right. And that's a, that's a great point. Um, do you think that Locke's interaction with Richard in the fifties was purposeful that Locke was actually trying to sow, you know, uh, sow the seeds of his own destiny? Like he said, I'm your leader. And he knew that that would have such a huge impact on Richard that it would basically become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I think when Locke said it, I think he still believed because he had been told by Ben that he was their leader. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when he goes back, it's like that's what caused everybody to think that he was their leader. Yeah, like he was was just playing out the part of who he thought he was, but inadvertently he ended up kind of planting the seed for who he would become. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it, That's cool. and to me, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, in a sense, I kind of want it to be like, he really is this special, awesome leader. Well, but here's the thing. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember back to the interaction that Ben has had with Locke. For the most part, it's been one of Ben feels intimidated because this Locke guy is trying to take over his job, right? That's pretty mm-hmm. much been their interaction together. Yeah. Right. In terms of from the moment Locke crashed on the island 
until, you know, the people left the island. That's mm-hmm. pretty much been their relationship. Yeah. But Richard, on the other hand, was the one that kept telling Locke, you're special. You know, you need to kill your dad. <laughs> and, you know, if you yeah. can't do it, Sawyer will do it for you. Right. And so Richard's been kind of championing Locke this whole time because of all of mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, you're yep. right. You're right on track. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I would say that the the island has definitely allowed Locke to become special in the sense that he does walk now when he didn't, when he landed there. You right. know, he hasn't been able to be killed. Um, so it does seem like the island does have a position and, 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 a, and ho- it seems like a leadership position for him, mm-hmm. uh, even if he isn't, even if he isn't quote unquote, like special in the sense of the leadership because he kind of <laughs> did it himself. Yeah. He definitely is being called by that island. But we still don't know. Here's one mystery that still lingers in my mind is why exactly he was able to walk when that plane crashed. True. Yeah, why he didn't die when he was shot. Yeah. You know, I right. mean, by Ben. Yeah, so definitely. That, I mean, the, 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 that reinforces him being special. That's, yeah, the, that's I, what I'm saying. The island seems to think he's special. Right, and I hold on to that Yeah. Um, as right. him being still special. Me too. Okay, continuing on here. Uh, Sawyer goes and tells Amy that Richard and his people want Paul's body in order to maintain the truths. So why would the others want the body of a dead guy? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what... <clears throat> it, to me, it, I mean, I was just taking it at face value as like a, an eye for an eye, you know? Okay, I see what you mean. But yeah. it, it could be that, but I don't... I was Obviously, also, if there is a reason, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be. I mean... Yeah. I guess I took a more mystical approach to it. Like the others are almost these weird sort of tribal people and they a ritual. They had some sort of ritual or something they that wanted could, the body for. That could totally be the case too because I mean if it points back to like them being very primitive right. beings, mm-hmm. you know, the de- definitely definitely can have something to do with that. Right. And plus two, it made me it made me think back to when we first saw Richard, I think, was whenever Ben was young and he went out into the jungle and mm-hmm. Richard was there in like these really old looking clothes and he had his weird haircut yeah. and all this stuff. It made me think of yeah. that too. That's true. Um But so he came ho- in oh, when ahead. he came in this when he came in this time, he came in all like dressed like fit to kill yeah. and like yeah. came in all like Braveheart style. Right. You know, with this torch. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Horace agrees to let Sawyer and the others stay for two weeks to look for their people. And uh, Juliet then comments that Locke left to save them and now they no longer need to be saved. And she decides mm-hmm. she's going to leave on the sub and Sawyer says that she should stay for him. Right. And that finishes off my early, you know, uh, the early part of the 70s scene there yeah next section is three years later uh we see two dharma folks dancing to some music and then a guy shows up and kind of rains on the parade uh the girl notices someone on the monitors that's breaching their perimeter and it's horace uh the guy we saw way back at you know when ben and his dad arrived on the island he was kind of the guy that Mm -hmm. welcomed him in and uh he's lighting dynamite and throwing it at trees for some reason which seemed really random to me. Yeah. I don't quite get that. Um, no, me neither. But they start talking about trying to deal with the situation so the Fleur doesn't kill them, and they arrive at his house and are hesitant to knock on the door, and we see, of course, that it's Sawyer, and he's the head of security for the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, I mean... Obviously, we know we know why they would make him head of security, yeah. <laughs> you know, from the previous um, conversations about what happened with him. Um, but to me, it makes perfect sense why they would join this group. I mean, they got the lush li- lifestyle on the island. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you if you're gonna be there forever, because Dan says we're here now, we're not going anywhere else. Right. You know, it's it's like okay. This is what we're going to do. And, and to me, it just, you know, with what I had thought about before, that these people are going to infiltrate this uh, group and they are going to be a part of its building and construction and, and just the 
actually the mission of uh, Dharma. The I I just knew that that this was going to happen. I mean, especially with Dan being there on the island, like it makes total sense how they could have figured yeah. out some of the stuff they figured out because of his mad abilities. You know. Hmm. Yeah, and I know what what's mind blowing to me is to think about the Dharma Initiative that we've heard so much about this entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know that they were part of it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's just which which blows, blows my, my mind. mind. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind too. But it also kind of just screws my head up because what happens happens happened. Uh, you know, it's like if that's the case, then why did Sawyer not know when he was on the oceanic flight that he and he landed there on that thing that he had been there before, you know, yeah. or any of the rest of them? You know, it's like yeah. if it's a memory, it should be a memory to them too. Right. That's the whole part of whatever happened happened that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, exactly. Because our old theory kind of accounted for that. That the, the exactly. memory didn't <laughs> exist until it happened. Right. But but I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, okay, we're now, not going to go back on down that rabbit hole because we just get ourselves lost yeah, I, again. I do want th- those of you who do understand the whole time travel thing more, I would love to have an explanation for how Sawyer could be on the plane flying and crash on this island and not have known that he was in the Dharma Initiative even though yes. it happened in his past. Yes, and put it in village idiot language too so I yeah. can understand it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have that. So please, you know who you are, write that uh, explanation for me. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, you know who you are. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but, uh, let's see here. Um, he picks up Miles, who is also now part of the Dharma Initiative, and they go to pick up Horace. Uh, they take him home to his wife, you know, who's pregnant. And uh, she goes into labor right then and there. And she's in the delivery room. And the internist who tries to deliver the baby says that the woman, the women always deliver on the mainland, not there on the island. Mm-hmm. So Sawyer goes after Juliet to pull her out of retirement uh, to try and get her to deliver the baby. She's worried that like in the future, babies will not be able to be born on the island but agrees to do it anyway. So uh, Sawyer sees Jen and asks if he's had any luck. You know, he says that they finished grid 133 and there's still no sign of their people. So they've been searching for a sign of their return this whole time for three years. And uh, Juliet comes out and says that everything worked and the baby was born. So why were babies able to be born on the island in the 70s, but they're not now? Yeah, well, to me, it has something to do with the purge. The purge? Okay. Yeah. Because the people that couldn't have babies were Ben's group of the others, mm-hmm. not not the Dharma group. Wow, yeah. You know, so the Dharma group was actual regular people. Mm-hmm. This other group is not. Right. You know, so there's something to do with that, I think. Okay. I have a theory, but I'm going to save it because I forget okay. if it's based on information that you know yet or not. So we'll just <laughs> wait and talk about that later. All right. Um, let's see here. Sawyer picks some flowers and goes home to a nice dinner with Juliet, and things seem to be really awesome with them. And he tells oh, her yeah. that she was amazing today with the baby delivery. And she says, thanks for being there for me, and I love you. And I loved this. Yeah. I mean, uh, like it was enough to where you almost cried. It was like just perfect. I know. Yeah, it was awesome. Really awesome. And, um, you know, Sawyer's uh, sitting with unconscious Horace, who wakes up. Uh, Sawyer tells him that he's a daddy, and the bad news is that he missed it. And Horace says he was looking for a pair of socks when he found a necklace of Paul's in Amy's sock drawer. He says it's only been three years since he's been gone, and is it really long enough for her to get over him? And Sawyer says that he had a thing for a girl once and had a shot but didn't take it. He says he laid in bed every night wondering if that was a mistake, wondering if he'd ever stop thinking about her. But now he can barely remember what she looks like. She's gone and she ain't never coming back. So yes, three years is long enough. Which was... Yeah, that uh, was... That was a pretty big scene. Yeah. I mean, it's killer. I mean, because you know what's about to happen. 
I mean, yeah. y- you know that there's going to be some, a monkey wrench thrown into his whole world, and mm-hmm. we're going to have to see how he responds to it. Yeah, most definitely. And and the, like you said, it's so nice to see him and Juliet together. And um, way back when, um, I remember thinking um, that I thought the two of them will, would either end up hooking up or should hook up, you know, just yeah. because um, as after it was when I know what it was, it was whenever he came on the island and the, the ship hadn't blown up and they had this moment together where – Oh, right, where they're sitting of, on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And um but it was really cool to see this, you know, and just kinda of be like, Yeah, that works. That works well, yeah. you know, and for the last how many years, three years or whatever, right. Kate and Jack have been this you know, doing their thing, you know, and it kinda of makes sense, you know. Yeah. It does in a weird way that I never expected. I mean, because I never right. did make the connection between the two of them. Uh, well, I Julia mean mine was Jack just definitely made sense and Kate and Sawyer sure. definitely made sense. But, well, but Juliet and Jack made sense to a certain degree, but like it almost seemed awkward too because like you had no reason to believe that they had any kind of involvement with each other, and then he yeah. randomly kisses her. Yeah. You know, it was like to me, it was always forced. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Same kind of with the kind of with same thing with Kate and and Sawyer. It was like it's not what she really wanted, but it's what she would settle for. Right. Yeah, because he yeah. was what she deserved. Not exactly. really what she wanted. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, the next morning, he's awakened by a phone call from Jen telling him about Jack, Kate, and Hurley. Uh, he rushes out to meet them and comes face-to-face with the three of them after three years. And Kate comes out, and he gets a good look at her again, and you can tell that there's still something there between them. Mm-hmm. And it's like once he remembered who she was and was confronted with her again, uh, it wasn't going to be as easy as he thought. Oh, man. Yeah, I hated that scene. Yeah, me too. I mean, (laughs) it was really bittersweet because they're brought back together, but it, like, totally compromises this wonderful life that Sawyer has set up now. Yeah, yeah, oh, it did. It did, it really did. I, And I'm just, I kind of just wanting to go over and, like, hug her and say, Wow, you know, I've missed you, but you would not believe my life now. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like exactly, but, yeah. But the way he set it up, it's like I've got to go somewhere. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You know, like he's already setting himself up to basically be in this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely ugly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not going to be pretty. Yeah. No. So, uh, any other comments before we get into our forum feedback? That's it for me. Okay. Well, Nathaniel Starr writes, I know many people didn't like this episode because it wasn't a huge mythological episode, but I liked it a lot. It reminded me of Old Lost. It was very much Mm -hmm. about the characters and their actions made sense to me. It felt like season one when the show was subtle and about the characters. Plus, you want Sawyer and Juliet to be happy. Those two characters deserve to be happy more than anyone else on the show, and at least it looks like they've gotten a taste taste of it. It moved from point A to B to C, with some hints to Egyptian origins thrown in. It did disappoint me that every podcast and blog was only talking about the statue, as I was just as interested in the character development. Sawyer Sawyer is finally the man we knew he could be, and the man he, he wanted to be. I'm also excited to see Dharma firsthand. That bizarre 70s fringe science is so creepy and interesting to me. I, I will definitely uh, second that. Yeah. Um, I know we want to get the answers, but not at the expense of the characters. I do think the characters get neglected sometimes in season five, but this episode does take a breather from the push for answers to remind us that the reason we love this show is for the characters. And I appreciate those comments, Nathaniel Starr. It, it, it is a great episode because it's almost, you know, zero mythology other than that mm-hmm. statue. It's all right. about the characters. Definitely. And that, that's, that's one reason I love it. Yep. Uh, Mama Pax writes, I can hardly wait till you discuss this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes. One of the things I really like about your podcast is the way you evaluate characters and their actions. You tend to delve into reasons why people might behave the way they do rather than just come out and judge them for their actions. One of my favorite characters has always been Juliet. 
and before this episode, she often got a bad rap. Even my youngest son, who likes her not at all, often frustrates me when he is not able to see how her island life has been totally manipulated by Ben for his own purposes. Mm-hmm. I think that the other woman was the creator's attempt to show how Juliet's initial outward actions toward the Losties were the results of what Ben did to Goodwin. Remember, Juliet still had a sister and a nephew on the mainland, and because of the live feed she saw of them, she knew that Ben was able to reach them anytime he wanted. No wonder she did as she was told during the Cage episodes, and yet she still did things to irritate Ben, like making Jack some sandwich or something, I can't remember what it was, and when Ben saw it, he said, as only Ben can, you never made that for me. We can Mm -hmm. even understand her attempt to have Jack sabotage the surgery as which one of us would not be totally freaked out if Ben told us we belong to him. Think of what she went through initially with the Losties. Remember the scene when Sawyer and Saeed, when she she went to retrieve the medicine for Claire? You can see the palpable fear on her face once she left them behind. I was really hopeful back then that she might have a relationship with Jack, especially with the ending of the other woman. But imagine how she must have felt when she realized that even though even though he may care for her, Jack's real love appeared to be for Kate. Mm-hmm. All of that being said, you cannot imagine my joyful surprise to see Sawyer and Juliet together. Actually, a rather unlikely coupling. I literally forgot that Juliet was just a character in a TV show and her joy became mine. Even my son's mutterings could not dampen that scene. (laughs) Now, if you will excuse the length of this, I want to talk about Sawyer. Well, actually, James, I should say. As it has been pointed out, the time now is three years after the Oceanic Six have left the island. What are their lives like? Jack especially is depressed, addicted, and alienated because he left, as compared to Sawyer, who, because he stayed has been allowed to reach a fulfillment and depth of satisfaction and possibly the first true intimacy he has ever known. I'm a real love sucker for com- for conversion stories, and here I mean life-changing, not religious ones, which is probably the reason why I love Lost. Don't get me wrong, I love the other stuff too, but it is the life-altering experiences the island offers which totally intrigues me. And in, and wait, and it is the episode illustrating the island's amazing ability to heal not to mention the appearance of the four-toed statue, which made it my very favorite this season so far. I felt Sawyer and Juliet had achieved a real peace in their lives, that is, until the ending. Total sigh from me, total annoying glee from my son. But having earned a degree in English, I must sadly admit that without conflict, there is no story. It is generally only the ending that has a chance of being happy, and sometimes not even then. Yet, No matter what is to happen, I cannot but believe that the changes in both Sawyer and Juliet and the experiences they shared can only help to bring about their complete redemption. Sorry I rambled on so much, but I really like this episode and always look forward to listening to you guys, and I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much, Mama Pax. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. I love the recap of Juliet's situation on the island. Yeah, Um, definitely. That's my favorite thing about this message. It's a great reminder that every single thing she's done and involving Ben, at least, was because she had to Mm -hmm. in order to protect herself and her sister and her nephew. And that's like there was never a deceitful, you know, bit to her personality. Right. It was always just about doing what she had to do. Exactly. Yeah, I also... Oh, I see. I also love Juliet's character. I mean, just like, I mean, she is probably the only one on this whole island that really has been the victim to everything. You know, it's like, you know, she she really hasn't had her own issues to work out other Mm -hmm. than trying to take care of people. You know, I mean, you know, and it's it's it is just you know sweet, you know, uh, just to see that how. She's been rewarded, you know, for yeah. this, and and, and and like she said, an unlikely companion and Sawyer, and in a place like 
the island where she was trying to get away from from for so long she has yeah. found real peace and happiness and and I, it was just so great to see that now i i do agree with you know at the end you're kind of like oh my gosh you know all that to maybe be swept away and you know because of kate returning but mm-hmm. you know i I tell my wife this and, and I'm sure somebody is smarter than I said it, but, um, it, it, you know, love that's not tested isn't, uh, you know, real love at all or true right. love at all. Yeah. And like the fact that Kate is there to me almost sets it up for it to actually be real. Yeah. To prove you itself. Know? Exactly. Yeah. If it was just yeah, inside this bubble, inside this bubble where there was nothing, you know, outside stimulus or anything that really tests the waters there, then really they're living in some kind of fantasy, you know? Exactly. But now it has to choose, he has to choose it, you know? Yeah. And if we go way back to seasons two and, and before, you know, we talked a whole bunch about the island testing people. Yeah. And, you know, Charlie definitely. being given back his drugs and being tested as to whether or not he was going to give oh, them yeah. up. You know, Sawyer, it would have been real easy for him to get over Kate if she wasn't there. But the island's like, okay, let's take this up a notch and let's see if if you're really changed or not. Mm -hmm. And here's here's Kate, you know. (laughs) How are you going to react to this? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, Debbie writes, a Sawyer-centric episode, so of course I loved it. Even even though him and Juliet as a couple, wait a minute. Oh, even bought him and Juliet as a couple and liked the grown-up Sawyer with a place in the community, an important job, a stable relationship. Step away from Sawyer, Kate. Just step away. Seriously, if he ends up with Kate, I'm going to (laughs) cry. And uh, then BCK Lockhart writes, When I first saw the four-toed statue in this episode, I thought it was Juliet. From behind, it looks like a female shape and the long golden hair brought her immediately to my mind. After hearing many of the comments about the various Egyptian gods, I soon after discarded my Juliet idea. It could be Sawyer thought, or it could be Sawyer though as well. Remember, remember when during the flashes he hurt his toe and they took the time to show his ugly blackened toe? We all thought that Juliet was going to have to cut it off or he'd lose more than a toe. And somehow Sawyer would end up in ancient on an ancient island and become some sort of god. They stopped flashing and now it's 1974. Wow. This is pretty exciting for me. How much we can now learn about the Dharma Initiative. My hopes are way up high. We get to meet a few new characters and see some familiar ones as well. The reveal of Sawyer as Lafleur was great. The whole episode was really great compared to the disappointment the week before. I like the direction the story is going and that there is poss- and, and that there is a possibility that these people, Sawyer, Juliet, Miles, Daniel, and Jen, could play a big part in the events that happen in the island's Dharma history. Sawyer's handling of Rich- with Richard was classic. I really am starting to think that Richard isn't as powerful and all-knowing as we have thought he was before. He doesn't seem to know much about time tra- the time travel aspect of the island. Thoughts? Anything? I like to get the last comment there. Yeah, I do. Richard was caught really off guard by the whole time travel stuff. He knew nothing about it. Yeah, that actually, I took note of that. You know that his face was very just like blown away when he was talking to Sawyer. You know, and and for someone that would have this, I you know this know with how to, to you know to or this ability to time travel or doing that stuff he would have been like yeah so whatever i've already known this forever yeah. you know but it definitely was something new to him um i um it i just i now i definitely see that the time travel thing is outside of richard's grasp because yeah. all the time before I thought maybe he was able to jump around in time and to go to those places and that's why he didn't mm. age or whatever. Now it just seems like he has the ability to get off the island. You know, it, right. you know, if he gets off the island in 1974, it's 1974, you know, so that all kind of changed for me with Richard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else about the episode before we close this out? No, I really liked it. And, um, um, I'll probably like every one of them because that's what I say at every episode and everybody else is like, I hated this episode. And I'm like, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, I guess I'll close this out by quoting Debbie step away okay. from Sawyer, Kate, just step away on Wednesday. <laughs> we're going to be discussing Namaste from season five of lost. And until then 
We hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.